Welcome to the IEHA Smart Quality Podcast, sharing smarter ways of working together for professional and personal success. SMART is an acronym that stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Realistic, Timely. SMART. This episode of the IEHA Smart Quality Podcast is in partnership with the W. Edwards Deming Institute. It is brought to you by Kyvac, providing complete cleaning for healthy results. Greetings, I'm Alan Rathy. I'm an educational liaison for IEHA. Today's guest is Dr. Bill Bellows, who serves on the W. Edwards Deming Institute Advisory Council. Dr. Bellows, welcome. Hey, Alan. You served as the Deputy Director of the Deming Institute through April 2019. You recently transitioned to focus on mentoring and consulting, which I know is your great love, to assist others in their Deming journey, so that's fantastic. I know you have a PhD in mechanical engineering. You served as an associate fellow for many years at Aerojet Rocketdyne. You served as chairman of the Deming Medal Committee for the American Society of Quality, and you are an editorial board member as well as a columnist for the Lean Management Journal. And you were, lastly the founding president of the End-to-End Thinking Network, a position you held from 2001 through 2016. Again, welcome, Dr. Bellows. Alan, always a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Let's uh, turn to our IEHA listeners and fill them in on where we're beginning here. As many of you in the audience know, W. Edwards Deming was a tremendous teacher and consultant who helped the Japanese auto industry transform their cars to provide world-class quality. His quality methods have since been applied to many other fields, including the services sector, with great success. So our focus today is how you can begin your IEHA Deming journey in applying the teachings of Dr. Deming to the environmental services or the housekeeping side of things, and, and also how this relates to ICM, Integrated Cleaning and Measurement, and IEHA's uh, continual improvement initiatives. As many of you know, IEHA recently formed a partnership with the Deming Institute to bring Dr. Deming's principles to the cleaning industry. And as part of that collaboration, the Deming Institute has actually helped us in developing our integrated cleaning and measurement modules. In fact, Dr. Bellows was the key person who assisted us with uh, the content for that. So thanks for that, uh, Bill. And the Deming Institute will present a workshop for IEHA members at the ISSA conference in Las Vegas. And we're going to discuss that in more detail in podcast two and three. This 2019 Smart Quality Podcast number one is a series, is the beginning of a series of podcasts that are going to help us, you, build awareness of and excitement about how this whole initiative helps IEHA members. So, Dr. Bellows, in your great experience in teaching people in many different fields, what would you say would be the first step on the journey as it relates to IEHA? Sure. Well, um, people are always challenged with that, and they're, and they're challenged by asking, is Dr. Deming's ideas apply outside of manufacturing? And we right. say they apply to any organization, uh, even a one-person organization has customers, has suppliers. So I, what, what we like to say is the key to success is, is the development of a, of a specific system aim for your organization. I see. Um, as Dr. Deming would say, a system is a network of interdependent, and interdependent is everything. Right. They are not separate. They rely on one another, interdependent components that have to work together to accomplish the aim of the system. I see. And, and if the system has no aim, then it's like people in a rowboat 
having each rower having their own aim. <laughs> right. Back to them, I say without without an aim, there is no system. That's a great introduction. Thank you for that. So, can you give us an example of what a system aim might be for environmental services or housekeeping directors? Uh, you know, give us give us some guidance, please. Sure. The um, as the uh, ICM modules state, aims must be qualified to achieve. Um, a phrase I love is uh, contextual excellence within a given facility. That is, the the excellence has to fit the context of the areas within the facility in which they're used. Yes, perfect, perfect. So it's not a not a absolute excellence or perfection of any kind. Well, it's it's the challenge is that one size does not fit all. So it just as Dr. Deming's ideas apply universally, you know, they have to be tailored for the, you know, for the situation. And likewise, in healthcare facilities, you know, if you're reducing hospital-acquired infection as a priority, you know, but the most stringent improvements for contextual excellence and organic soil removal, for example, would be in operating suites. So the right. idea is that it's, it's not looking for the same level of cleanliness everywhere. The, the, the idea is the power of people to adapt not only Dr. Deming's ideas to a given situation, but in the cleaning business, it's adapting the cleanliness to the room yes. and, and the use of that room. Excellent, excellent. How about hotels? Uh, can, you, can you shed some light on uh, you know, how that contextual excellence applies to hotels? Because that's so important, getting the context correct. Can you give us an example of that, please? In addition to healthcare facilities, what about hotel rooms? Right. Well, in hotels, room aesthetics and improving the room turnaround may take precedence. Um, and and as, as, I, as you know, I'm on the road quite a bit. <laughs> I, Indeed, yes. I really admire the, uh, you know, the cleanliness of the room and, and appreciate the, all the more so since interacting with you, is you know, <laughs> just so. seeing things through a new lens. Right. And I appreciate that. Um, you know, turnaround, you know, hotel turnaround, you know, takes precedence. Um, you know, I'm often showing up really asking, you know, when can I check into the room? <laughs> right. And their ability to turn that room around, you know, before the stated, you know, 3, you know, 3 p.m. or so, what if I sure. get there earlier in the morning? Right. But um, since since hotel worker injuries are highest among housekeepers yes. and uh, hotel contextual excellence goal may relate to improving room turnaround, but you know, we have to pay attention to, you know, injuries. Yeah, as well, absolutely. Um, also, keep in mind that um, the, if while well, quality of the desired room, from the customer's perspective, is critical, uh, information sharing between the service provider and the customer helps. What I pay attention to, and I, I admire, see more and more in hotels, is is um, you know, they don't they don't need to wash the you know the towels every day. So this oh, the ability yes. and the communication between me and the and the and the house keeper as to you know hanging the towels here and so you know it's just neat to be able to see more and more hotels taking advantage of that and right and because uh, i know that what i'm doing and and hanging that towel up is making it easier for them to clean the room right 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 and also making sure that you know, i put the uh, you know it's also not uncommon that in a given room you know, they've got recycling bins so i'm right. you know, really careful to put things in the appropriate things and i'm thinking sure. the more i can do to help them get the room clean, 
you know, the, the faster this room is available to somebody else. Right. You know, that that's so important, though, make, making, uh, getting those contextual excellence goals. So like, like you're saying, in hotels, sure, you want the room to look great, but you also want the room to be ready on time, and then you don't want the housekeepers to be injured. So all of those things factor into this uh, this concept that you're, you're uh, summarizing about contextual quality and how you prioritize. So, uh, you know, on this uh, information exchange that we're looking to create here, um, how do we how do we create this information exchange better to to arrive at this continually improving uh, universe of housekeeping and cleaning and all that? Yeah, great question. Again, I'd, I'd say as a starting point, it involves you know, creating conversations, and and it could be you know conversations between the the, the staff, conversations between the staff and me, right. um, and I like to. I mean, I, I'm, you know, that I'm doing more traveling, I'm getting surveys from everybody I interact with, from airlines to, ho- you know, hotels, whatnot. Yeah. And, I, and I, I, I really like to provide them with feedback um, because, you know, because, yes, it's time-consuming to provide the feedback. Right. But I am, one is I want to make sure it's, it's taken in right. the appropriate way right. that my feedback is directed to, how the system is working right. as opposed to just the housekeeping person. So I'd say you know, it involves a conversation around the expectations you know, that I have. Um, Fantastic. You know, Dr. Deming would say, you know, there's so much talk about customers' expectations. You know, meet the customer's expectations. Right. So the fact is, is Dr. Deming, the, the fact is that the customer expects only what you and your competitor have led him to expect. Uh, yeah. He's a rapid learner. Fantastic, and um, and that's what I see is yeah, and the, and the idea of being a rapid learner is um, is amazing. Even with um, one of the airlines I deal with, and in terms of rapid learner, um, it means a voice activated call. But what's really cool is you know I'll call up and uh, there could be a flight delay, mm-hmm. and they answer the phone, and the first thing they say is uh, you know they recognize me by name. They say you recognize the phone call. And um, and you know, we don't like talking to machines, but on the other hand, <laughs> the ability of the technology to recognize the context of my situation and accelerate my situation ah. um, is really admirable. Mm-hmm. So, so but you're, to me, uh, that's an yeah. example of. Go ahead. Sorry, I, I wouldn't know how to do that. I mean, it's, it's an example of Dr. Deming saying is that I wouldn't know what was possible, but you know when you're off of one flight, find out your next flight's been canceled, and you can call up the airline, and they immediately recognize who you are and immediately say, wow. we understand your flight was canceled. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah, you know, so automa- automation, uh, you know, that's, a, that's actually absolutely another podcast is how do, you, how do you use automation intelligently to continually improve? And, you know, like you say, don't, you don't want to talk to a robot or a, or a machine, but, but if you can intercept or if you can enhance the communication using some of these smart voicemail systems that, just like you said, really anticipate uh, you know, what you're asking, if you will, or understand what you're really getting at, and, and so can address a satisfaction or the need for, you know, let's say, having something done in the room, what have you. That, that's really interesting because the housekeeping profession uses so much of the resources of a hotel and if you can optimize them through the, you know, these various methodologies, technologies, what have you, that really fits into the Deming concept of a system, doesn't it? So that's awesome. Absolutely, absolutely. So the customer's expectations, then, uh, in, in some ways, you, you can you can 
you can help write the ticket with the customer, in effect, kind of what you're saying by, by creating that communication loop exchange using technology, whatever ways you can. Well, that's, a, that's another podcast for sure. But let's, let's get into, as a general coverage of this, uh, where we're going with this podcast, what specific things can IEHA members do to, let's say, learn with their customers, you know, create that exchange that we're talking about? Sure. Well, one, one way that comes to mind is to apply Dr. Deming's methods to customer communications in the context of IEHA's integrated cleaning and measurement. Oh, um, great. Yes. Is to, you know, oh, yeah, and then um, you know, document the number of customer meetings that are held every month, every day. Great idea. And uh, you know, quarterly, annually, and, and then you know, create a checklist, see how we're doing against that checklist, and you know, document. Um, Being proactive. And it's... Um, well, it's one thing to have a process. It's another thing to have follow-through. Right. And, uh, I mean, having the meeting is one thing, but you know, do we have the wherewithal to go back and, and uh, you know, close the loop? Right. There's a sense that because we met, <laughs> you know, we met. It's like, yes, but where's, where's the closure? You know, that's so profoundly important. You know, it's a, it's a basic thing, but are we following, are we following up? Are we, are we taking a stepped process so that there's step one in the communication process, step two? And that kind of leads us to this whole thing that you taught us, uh, the Deming Institute taught us about this PDSA, this plan, do, study, act uh, process. Uh, what, what is a PDS project, and how is that a kind of a stepped way to get to improving, you know, as you communicate, making, you know, following through and doing those things? No, that's as funny as, um, so first of all, uh, Dr. Deming established what he referred to as the PDSA um, circle, yeah. cycle, um, uh, plan, do, study, act, and uh, for structuring improvement, which which is a learning, the 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 essential thing is that what Deming is talking about with this with this PDSA cycle is that it's a, a learning process. Um, we want to emphasize the need for thoughtful study and analysis rather than you know checking inspection. Oh, you know, yes, just um, yes, going learning. through. It's all about learning. I know. Um, you know how many times. Do we go off and do something that doesn't go as planned? And and yes, there's there's that you know headache of geez. <laughs> what, what Deming's talking about is you know instead of brute force kind of going through to achieve the result, where Deming what Dr. Deming is talking about is what if we started with a plan, a sense of how long this should take, right. um, amount of effort, what you're trying to accomplish in comparison to the original one. And, and, and the idea is you have a mental note of what that should be, and that's your prediction. Right. So you start off by saying that I believe this should happen along these ways, right. and then you that's the plan piece. The doing is, is carrying out those steps, and depending on what it is, if it involves many other people, this, this could be quite a detailed framework right. of activities. And, and um, there could be a lot of learning along the way. I might right. run experiments where the experimentation process needed its own PDSA. So we kind of had a, oh, you know, wow. just, just the plan didn't go as planned. So then we had to step back and revise the planning. So right. anyway, that could take some time. Right. But the idea is to, what is your plan? Carry out the plan. And the study pieces, 
how did things go in comparison to what I expected? Right. And this is essential. So the PDC, the Czech piece that Beth at Deming despised was, <laughs> was not just brute force, right. get it done, roll up your sleeve, we're going to make this happen. Right. It is saying, this is taking longer than expected. Right. This is not going as planned. Right. And, and instead of pushing to completion, what he's saying is, wait, wait, wait document what you're going through so you can revise your theory as to what to expect. So what he's talking about is not just persevering and pushing through, but learning along the way such that we can learn from this and not repeat this this Herculean effort if we didn't think it was Herculean. Right, right. Let me me, uh, interrupt you there because uh, for the audience, PDSA uh, is, is the concept we're speaking about, but initially I thought it was PDCA. A lot of people think it's PDCA, which is Plan Do Check Act, and Dr. Bellows taught us, the Deming Institute has taught us that Dr. Deming really emphasized uh, slowing things down and studying the problem uh, proper, studying the improvement, proposed improvement properly. So that's where the PDS for study a act comes in. So just a hypothetical. Let's say our plan is to identify and reduce, eliminate apparent sources of dust within building A that's not found in other buildings. And let's say we have uh, three high-speed laser printers in building A and there's low-speed inkjet printers in other buildings. There's 10 boxes of uh, facial tissue on the desks uh, throughout building A. And there's only three to sure, five. Sure. We're looking at these things. So, so workers are using feather dusters in building A, and there are microfiber dusters in other buildings. Now, as part of our plan, then, we would uh, hypothetically say these sources are identified as likely culprits uh, through the use of a particle counter, for example, showing airborne dust spikes near these sources. Sure. Um, okay. Sure. So, so like each time a tissue is pulled from a box, you get a little micro dust cloud. We've learned that from using particle counters. You get a little micro dust cloud, and then that actually contributes to the overall level of dust on desks and things. So move, maybe moving those to lounge and restroom areas where there's exhaust ventilation, that could help perhaps lower airborne resettling dust. Again, so removing the plan then, in this case, of, um, for your comment, it was removing added dust sources should help eliminate the cause of overly dusty desks. Sounds simple enough. Would that be a fair That's opinion? your prediction. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. our prediction. That's your prediction. Okay. Your prediction is by making this change, we're going to see these results. Okay, great, great. Super. So now the sure. do part is what actually doing these things. So we're going to take, we're going to sequester the laser printers to a utility room with exhaust ventilation. We're going to reduce the numbers of uh, boxes of facial tissue in offices down to maybe five replace feather dusters with microfiber dusters, and then we're going to do a 60-day test and measure the actual dust results like uh, in both the airborne and the resettled dust. Uh, is that our, would that be our, our due? Is that a good due? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what I like is what we're, what we're talking about is the detail of a 60-day test. So we're going to, you know, we've decided we're going to give this some time. Right. And, and we're going to have a prediction as to the, the, the reduction we're expecting. Right. And, um, and, and the idea is not to split hairs on what that reduction is, but, <laughs> right. you know, we're expecting a, a 25% reduction, a, a 50% trend. reduction. And the idea is we, we're going to learn from that. Right. Now, I mean, what if there's no reduction? <laughs> that's a learning. Yes, indeed. Yeah, and, that, and that's where the idea is that the fact that we didn't get a reduction, um, that's what Dr. Deming is stopping is saying, you know, it's time to revise that theory. Ah, oh, I see. So you need a new PDSA, in effect, if that is not really, if that plan is not 
showing results, then you you actually start again. But I, what I like about this bill yes. is that it's a stepped process. It's not just oh, let's do continuous improvement. You know how they t- we all talk about that, but th- this is bringing it down to actual steps: plan, do, study, act. So let's go to study. Let's assume that let's assume it was a good plan. And our actual results now show that we've, we actually lowered airborne dust by doing all these things. Uh, dust buildup has, has gone down. Uh, we, we've, particle, we've used those particle counters, of course, but we also just use the white glove. We see that on our little white glove testing, the levels have gone down. So dust accumulation levels are still are down, but we still see that they're a little more elevated in that building A compared to others. So we, we're kind of arriving at some conclusions. And b- based on that information, we, uh, we, we realize we need to maybe uh, establish another PDSA. Would that be appropriate at that point? Oh, sure. And, and that's all it is. You, I mean, you, I've seen <laughs> situations where, where, no, this is, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was incredible. We did a pre-test of um, before we get into some major experimentation, we just went a ran a, a very simple baseline test, and somebody had an idea of um, a simple change that could be made right. prior to the major experimentation, and that simple change showed such a dramatic improvement that the team decided to stop right then and there. Oh, and so the yes. the lengthier experiment that people are excited about, we right. just said, "Oh, it's, uh, we no, don't need to do that anymore." No, the, no, the simple change, yeah. The simple change did it, I, I love and the that. people involved were some of them were were bummed out. And I said, <laughs> "Hey, there's other things to do." <laughs> yeah, now amen to that. So, so here, uh, okay. So, so now let's let's say on the act. So we did plan, do study. We we saw that this is working. And act now, since we see the dust levels were reduced by the changes, we want to definitely want to keep those changes. And and if we wanted to, yep. we could we could stop right there, right? Uh, well, a couple of things. One is. You could do a small-scale experiment in one building on one floor and, and test this hypothesis and see dramatic improvement and then say, now let's go throughout the entire building. Right. If you don't see the improvement, you may say, um, maybe we've got to run the experiment longer. Right. You know, right. Maybe, maybe that 60-day window is not enough. Maybe there's some other things going on. Right. Or, or maybe, you, maybe it's time to go check some other things. Maybe right. you have to change... You, you tried one feather duster, maybe <laughs> some other feather duster we had to go try. Amen but the idea that. is, and this is really essential, is, is if you don't see the improvement, what Deming, Dr. Deming's focus on the, on the people was, you're not to be frustrated by that, but to realize, okay, just as with Edison, this is one thing that didn't work. Okay, let's note that and let's move on. And, oh. and, this, and this is where the cycle that you've mentioned is so essential. Is The idea is that, on the one hand, it could have an overwhelming improvement more than we expected right. great news it may underwhelm us well you know what <laughs> that's the way it is so but the uh, idea is that we're learning yes yeah, we're uh, learning absolutely and so i love your reference to edison so we can be all be like thomas edison's in effect you know kind of uh, he he learned what, what what was it two thousand ways how not to make a light bulb or something like that uh so that was he, uh, yep something like that so the idea is to keep at yeah. it keep at it so plan, do, study. That's where the continual. Is, that's the continual piece. Alan. That's why it's a circle. Keep at it. That's a circle, isn't it? That's why that's it's right. a circle. Okay, yeah, I got it. So, um, so we can actually restart that cycle. Let's let's say that we we want to restart the PDSA, but we want to find and manage possible additional dust sources like leaky weather seals at exterior windows, HVAC system operations, and, and variances there between building A and others. And we we can actually run those as a separate PDSA, and and with the goal of making each 
each PDSA a continual stepped improvement rather than sort of a continuous improvement uh, sort of thing. Now, uh, speaking of that, can you help us understand better why we need to, to call this continual stepped improvement or continual improvement? Uh, we like continual stepped, as you know, uh, as opposed to just continuous improvement. What's, why, why is continuous improvement not optimally helpful in this context? Well, the, um, it's a practicality issue. Right. And the practicality, or what I like about your, your idea of stepped, is we want to make an improvement. We're, we're predicting an improvement. We're seeing if we've if, if achieved that. We're paying attention to resources because, again, at a given organization, there's a lot of things we could be working on, and there's finite time, finite resources to go achieve that. So the idea is not to put your head down and keep improving, keep improving. Right. In other words, you know, cleaning it beyond what the needs are. Yes. But the idea is to, you know, every now and then take a breath. Right. And ask yourself, have we achieved the goal? Right. And, and if so, let's, where else can we apply our effort? Right. So the, what I like, liken it to is within the organization, constantly ask, um, you know, where is an ounce of prevention worth a pound of cure? And, and look for those leverage points. And if a given situation you don't think it's high leverage, well, then move on to the next right. one. It's got to be practical. It's got to be totally practical. Exactly. It's got to be practical. That's where continuous improvement has almost become kind of a marketing, almost a public relations phrase. Forgive those people in public relations that are out there listening. But but we don't want to just say continuous improvement and really not have a process in place. And that's why we, Dr. Deming sort of, he did prefer the idea of continual and, and taking steps to continual improvement. And PDSA is a step improvement process, is it not? Absolutely. It's, it's, and it's just having a, the big, I mean, as you mentioned earlier, contextual excellence, what Dr. Deming was talking about is having a context for the improvement. Yes. And, and, and let that, let that be the means by which we focus. Because imagine, depending on the size of the organization, uh, you may have a number of projects going on. We don't want the projects to interfere with one another. We want them to be synchronous. And if it's just you or me, Working them, and then we have many things to do, and right. the idea is to, and again, you know, we, we, we stop, and now we'll move on to the next thing, because there's right. always the next thing. So by taking it and taking small bites, uh, Bill, by taking small bites in this context, PDSA allows you to take a small bite of the elephant, uh, and, and, you know, where it really, and, and prog- where it really matters, and progressing toward practical improvements. And that's what I love about that's what I love about this. So uh, let me let me just uh, kind of wrap up with our final question. Can you give us a, an example, like a if, if possible, maybe a quick example of how PDSA can provide a an ROI, a guaranteed ROI, return on investment? Can you kind of speak to that, if you would, please? Sure. It's um, well, first, you know, since it carefully defines the steps for improvement, it dreams, you know, it, it helps us because we've made the prediction as to what we're expecting. Oh yes. Yeah, and that's so we have some idea in mind Definitely. as to what's the gain we're expecting. Right. What's the investment? Yeah. So we know we know what we're about to invest in the improvement. We know what we're expecting. Right. And and the idea is we're you know, we've, we're we're trying to put our arms around it. Not that we can you know know everything, but the idea is right. is that we believe this is a worthwhile investment of our time. Can you can you characterize the difference between hard and soft ROI? For example, switching restroom paper towels, paper towel types involves, you know, manual feed, you know, could involve a manual feed, single sheet towels to brown towels and, and, 
and boy, this brings back memories. Um, <laughs> and an automatic motion activated dispenser. And I, and I see more and more of that. In fact, you know, again, since working with you, I go into restrooms and right. I'm seeing, um, yeah, and I pay attention to what's behind us. Oh, and yes. uh, at least I, I guess that's what's behind it. So anyway, there could be a cost of, you know, $5,000 to wire the new dispenser, right. save the facility $5,000 in, in annual towel cost, recouping right. the investment in one year, yielding a, a short-term ROI. Yeah. Whether uh, in terms of soft ROI, Right. Um, one hour spent listening for corrective understanding saves how much? Who knows? You know, ten to hundred hours in dealing with problems not not otherwise understood. Oh, yes. And uh, Stephen Covey gave us a lot of advice on that. Right, right, and that definitely would be software. I mean, how do you how how do you characterize uh, the time that we have benefited from listening to you and, and the Deming Institute uh, for an hour? Uh, has that saved us a hundred hours in dealing with certain other issues? You bet it has, or, or more. So we got some soft ROI from you, man. So this is awesome. Uh, well, the thing I like it is I think so much of what we do in our in our lives is is based on this hard versus soft. We take the family on vacation. Now the the overall yeah you know, that could be a hard ROI thing, but yeah, you know, but think of the intangibles of the amount of time sure. spent with loved ones. How do you put it? You know, that's that's the soft ROI stuff that you're talking about. A- amen to that. And time spent uh, listening to workers. I mean, it's a lot of soft ROI. So, so Doctor, with the beauty of Doctor Deming, uh, Bill is he he taught us about life in some ways, didn't he? That we need to spend time on these things that maybe don't have an immediate uh, cash return, but have a great great value. In the big picture, sure. We, in the big picture, sure, we can change our our towels from multiple towels to roll towels and automatic motion activated dispensers, and you know, spend that five thousand to wire the new dispensers, and then um, and save five thousand in annual towel cost by switching to the roll towels, and so on and so on. And, and you would have that one hundred percent ROI, uh, hard ROI. But these other areas uh, of the two categories, in some ways, the soft. ROI doesn't it lead to a certain amount of hard ROI that can be measured? Can you speak to that? Just oh, absolutely, right. absolutely. Right. Dr. Deming would say the um, the most important numbers are unknown and un- unknowable, and yes. and um, absolutely the soft ROI stuff is is well, say it's the essence of. I mean, so much of what he's talking about is if you look at things in the context of learning and what you're you know learning for me as a traveler. And talking to the gate agent at the airline and learning, right. and um, and I don't know what it's going to lead to, but um, and again, not that you always have the time to do that, right? But I think it's it's helpful to en- engage with people to to hear you know where they are and and then appreciate that you know, sometimes they want your time, yes. And then you know we're busy people and we sure. say yes, but how you know i understand what the demo philosophy is that if i don't give them my time to complete the survey right well then how can they improve the system without that help and that's all soft roi stuff excellent excellent we love the fact that dr deming he was a statistician and people think statisticians statisticians are only interested in dry facts but the beauty of dr deming is we're coming to, you know right the beauty of dr deming is we're coming to learn about him is that he was a real human being that valued people and the ROI yes. that comes from yes. valuing people, which is remarkable, because he was all about the numbers, but he was all about the numbers by valuing people, wasn't it? Wasn't he? And that that came out of oh, the process. Yes. That's well. The the videos I've watched of him interacting with workers and what he was able to learn from them, and 
And I've been in those meetings where you're working with people who are otherwise ignored, and you want their input. And now the question is, you know, what do you have to do to gain their confidence to be able to listen to their ideas for the next PDSA cycle uh-huh. or, or listen to their frustration? So this is the humanity side of Deming. Yes. Um, Perfect. Is far more than a statistician. Is right. a remarkable man. That is so true, Dr. Bellows, and that's actually a great link point for our next podcast where we're actually going to discuss how to achieve return on investment using this idea of continual stepped improvement and this PDSA process in a Deming system. So thanks, Dr. Bellows, for your time today. Thanks for listening to the IEHA Smart Quality Podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes featuring specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, timely, or smart tips to advance your career, performance, and joy in continually improve results.